0: Today on Japan Real Estate and Business News, our 2020 year-end review and what's in store for 2021. So 2020, now that was a surprise party no one in the entire world wanted. While the pandemic rocked the global real estate market, the Asia-Pacific region, more specifically Japan, became an eye-opener for investors as the effects on the region were quite subdued. I'm Pretty Donnelly, Sales and Marketing Manager with Nippon Tradings International. Thanks for joining us. To put it into perspective, South Korea was the only country in the APAC region with an uptick of 22% in property transactions and volumes. In Japan, the decline has been fairly marginal with transaction volumes down approximately 22% year-on-year through to September 2020, and that is the best of the worst compared to the five most active markets in the region. Next would be China, with volumes down 25%, just under half the decline of Australia sitting at 43%. Hong Kong is at a staggering 63% decline in year-on-year transactions, having taken nearly three times the hit Japan's property market has suffered. In the land of the rising sun, where 2019 had been characterized by a quest-for-yield frame of mind, 2020 conquered with a flight-to-safety mentality. Let's look at Japan's safe haven compared to other parts of the APAC region. First, during times of volatility, investors tend to seek out markets with deep, domestic demand and less reliance on foreign trade with a relatively stable currency as Japan is known for. If we take China by comparison, the economy is state-controlled and isn't considered a free market, which also means its currency is state-controlled and manipulated. Therefore, Even though it has one of the world's largest consumer markets, it can never have the tradable status of the yen, euro, or dollar. Second, Japan is not as affected as other markets by volatility because its domestic demand isn't related to the crisis, but rather a function of the size of the market. Therefore, prices don't come crashing down as quickly For this reason, Japan's investors can, and do, in fact, tend to ride out the storm, and they have the ability to do this because of the practice of abundant savings. Even though Japanese buyers prefer to purchase domestically rather than venture overseas as a general rule, the size of the market is not only vast, but almost 100% is open to and attractive to foreign freehold ownership. Third, Japan's national environment is far less affected by geopolitical risk. The country's huge available pool of liquid assets and cash-rich tenants in the commercial sector can be described in one word, stability. And this stability is expected to continue for decades to come. The thing to watch is that if rents decline faster than prices, yields will compress as a result. As vacancies increase, rents will decrease. However, overall, rents have remained relatively stable throughout 2020, particularly in central metropolitan locations, and with the influx of foreign capital to the country, demand is expected to remain relatively high. Now let's switch gears and look at the office and residential sectors. The initial fear was vacancies into 2021 in the office sector because of the quick adaptation to teleworking. However, Japanese companies do not tend to initiate mass layoffs. Therefore, while there may be shifts, the office and residential sector is not expected to dip significantly overall. One shift is to the multifamily residential sector, which has been enjoying a significant rise in popularity, mainly because of its stability in times of crisis. This is notable when compared with commercial real estate, which becomes far more volatile when things go south. The second shift is to smaller offices in distant suburbs, secondary and satellite cities, as well as prefectural capitals. Instead of firing employees to reduce costs from the effects of the pandemic on their bottom line, they downscale from expensive central metro mega offices to work from home when possible with smaller, cheaper suburban offices. When the effects of the pandemic were felt in the second quarter of 2020, new leases came to a halt in most major cities. Grade A rents in Tokyo's central wards contracted out for the first time in almost a decade. Vacancy rates expanded, largely affecting technology firms and startup areas. And this bled into grade B properties as well. But here's the silver lining. Because most of the incoming 2021 supply of new office space in Tokyo has been pre-leased for 2023, industry professionals see a potential for recovery. And while there may be an increase in vacancies in these business hubs in central Tokyo and Osaka, other less central commercial hubs are projected to increase in occupancy. And with this comes the need for larger residential space to accommodate home offices, a vast difference from the traditional space reduction trend of the last few decades. The demand for larger residential condo units is seeing an uptick in prices and driving a new trend of construction planning for most residential developers nationwide. Suffice to say, the safe and stable tendency of residential properties and the robustness and diversity inherent in the pool of properties available for purchase by foreign investors in Japan, as opposed to other Asia-Pacific countries, remains a major attraction. Let's look at some of the caveats and resulting opportunities in the market. As expected, the hospitality sector was hit the hardest, partly because of the oversupply of new hotel developments for the upcoming and later postponed Tokyo Olympics and Osaka World Expo events. What is key here is what came out of this setback, the trend of repurposing assets at significant discounts to be converted into flexible floor space, rental schemes, shared office space, multifamily residential properties, and data centers. The bulk of this distressed property pool is expected to hit the market mid-2021, and investors worldwide are waiting to pounce on these opportunities. Co-living, rental and share houses have also taken a major blow as the trendy sharing economy is just not viable in a COVID world. Owners of these properties are renovating and implementing co-working spaces and luxury standard residential properties. The complete cessation of international tourism has taken a huge toll on all major retail hubs. Nonetheless, Japan's retail property market managed to avoid a complete meltdown, thanks partly to the stubborn and enduring popularity of high street store spaces, train and subway station shops, where rents have held steady. Retail has already been hit hard since 2018 with the surge of e-commerce. Therefore, the strategic reshuffling has already begun. Now I'll take a moment to talk about j REITs. Even though investors are finding great bargains, these investment vehicles have been trending down significantly in their share cost to net asset value ratios. Here's the point to note. While the assets under ownership themselves have not decreased in value significantly, the funds holding them have been heavily discounted, particularly in the office and hospitality sectors, presenting excellent opportunities for value investors interested in capitalizing on this trend. The asset class of choice for both domestic and foreign investors is the logistics sector. Now, this is a very heated asset class, particularly of interest to institutional investors. Supply is short, and this sector represents the smallest portion in commercial real estate, yet sharply driving up prices. For relevant land plots in close proximity to big metropolitan centers. This trend has been greatly inflated in the last two years due to the ever-increasing shift from brick-and-mortar to online retail and e-commerce. Now generally, when yields are more reasonable, it makes sense to simply buy assets that are already developed. This, naturally, saves buyers the hassle and delays of construction. However, since yields are now becoming far more compressed as the asset class heats up and prices rise, investors have instead turned to buying land, then developing and constructing facilities on their own, just so they can turn a reasonable profit in a very heated market segment. What about Tokyo? Can Tokyo actually lose its mojo? Well, approximately 10,000 Tokyoites have been leaving the city monthly and being relocated to work from home. Therefore, you could expect a shift of population away from Tokyo and other metropolitan city centers, not only to suburbia, but also towards secondary and satellite cities such as Fukuoka, Nagoya, Saitama, Kobe, and perhaps even rejuvenate previously struggling towns and villages in Japan's countryside. Both local and national governments are encouraging this practice by offering various incentives to those who choose to relocate. From a real estate investment perspective, however, if high central city rents for offices and retail spaces were no longer sustainable, residential properties would seem to be the play for investors in the foreseeable future. In fact, of the 3 trillion Japanese yen in real estate property investments that have been measured by the third quarter of 2020, residential property investments have actually soared by approximately 71% year-on-year, with foreign investors accounting for two-thirds of the total. Another key takeaway are the shifts in alternative assets classes. Here are our top four. Number one. The co-living space, hailed until last year as one of the most popular emerging alternative asset class, has all but died under the current new normal. Number two, the healthcare and nursing home sector, as well as assisted senior living. Particularly in the upper end luxury segments, this remains as essential as ever for the world's fastest aging society. Revenues and popularity continued to trend upwards, although costs of readjusting to the COVID environment with virus prevention measures and increased compensation for staff does weigh on profits and slightly dampens the said upward trajectory path. In conjunction with these hard healthcare assets, many JREITs have also dramatically expanded their exposure to this sector, increasing the total healthcare assets under management by 37.3%, in comparison with only a 4.4% total increase in all sectors combined between December 2019 and September 2020. Number three. Data centers continue to be an extremely popular asset class, and it's obvious why. Much needed as the secure and stable infrastructure supporting the shift from physical retail to e-commerce, and even much more so during the pandemic. Data centers are also crucial for the significant increase in data as a result of the imminent rollout of the 5G mobile communications network And the work-from-home trend is placing an even higher demand on existing infrastructures out of the city centres. No question that the, the demand is there, but operating these facilities poses a challenge, and they remain in the domain of owners, occupiers who are heavily into tech or renters such as IT systems, integrators, and telcos, telecommunication companies. Number four, student housing is a surprising asset class doing extremely well, in spite of the temporary ban on foreign students entering the country. Kioritsu Maintenance, a major student housing operator, has recently revealed that occupancy in their dormitory business segment was still over 90% as of September 2020. Lots to digest. Here's a quick sum up. Distressed opportunities can be found in the hospitality and former co-living and retail sectors. They require either significant capital to ride out the current storm, or equally high or higher capital for repurposing and creative use of such assets. In other sectors, while the market is certainly softer, it may be wiser to wait for the second or third quarter of 2021 when institutional and corporate landlords will likely begin to sell far more attractive commercial assets at far more significant discounts. Residential properties remain the asset class of choice for the vast majority of investors, mainly in secondary and satellite cities and prefectural capitals, and these locations are now becoming hotter Still, due to the commercial shift from central business districts in Tokyo and Osaka toward other such locations. Where cash cows have for years been the smaller size condo units, there has been a shift toward larger properties to allow for space to work from home, spend more time at home. These properties are in short supply and subject to rapidly increasing demand. In alternative assets, healthcare, nursing homes and senior assisted living as well as student housing assets have been maturing nicely with opportunities for a wider segment of the investor population opening up. Caution, however, is advised in the logistics sector, which may be a better play for institutional investors. Jay REITs, while already among the most popular globally, and in spite of losing a large portion of their value in the hardest hit sectors, are now excellent buys due to the gap between their share prices and the nav of their underlying assets. To close this segment, I want to stress that the smaller, more affordable properties owned by less cash-rich individuals and companies are being sold quite cheaply right now. This is the majority of properties which our foreign investor clients tend to focus on. Please drop us a line at info at nippontradings.com to ask us about prices within your budget and criteria if you want to capitalize on these opportunities. Thanks for listening. We are a Japanese proxy helping foreigners access properties in the second largest real estate economy in the world for investment purposes and for personal use. At NTI, this is Pretty Donnelly keeping you informed of the latest trends, business news, and featured properties in the Japanese real estate market. If you are new to the Japanese property market and have questions, we are always happy to talk shop. Once again, that's info at nippon trainings.com.